שלום עליכם, שבוע טוב, חג פסח קשה ושמח to all of you listeners of this great station. This is Rabbi Elvaz, and I'm going to be talking about Pesach. This coming Friday night, you'll be sitting with your family, uh, conducting the Pesach Seder, and one of the biggest mitzvot is to expound as much as possible on Sipur Isi'at Misayim. The more, the better. As it says, V'chol hamarbe l'sapeh b'si'at Misayim harizeh m'shubah. The more you talk and expound about Isi'at Misayim, the more praiseworthy you are. But there's one thing, one part of the Haggadah that even myself as a child was really fascinating and stirred my imagination. And there's the, obviously the, the ten plagues. The Eser Makot. You know, as a child, when, when you think about uh, a river becoming blood or frogs running around and or wild animals going going in, in the city or things like that. It really stirs the imagination. But I would like to bring one thing about the uh, ten plagues. Rabbi Huda haya noten bahem simanim. Rabbi Huda was giving like a sign, simanim, a siman, on how to remember the ten plagues. And he grouped them into Detzach, Adash, Be'achav. Three, group of three, then another three, and then another four. Now, you think to yourself, I mean, Rabbi Yehuda was a Tana, and he didn't just uh, pick this thing, you know, out of his pocket, or out of, he probably had something serious, more serious than that. As it turns out, the, the fact that he did three, three, and four, and not two, four, and four, uh, or four, uh, four three, and, and three, there must be something to it. And the Mepharshim speak a lot about that. The Maharal, for example, he says, you know, the grouping is such that, well, the first two of each group were done with Warning. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu would warn the king, hey, the next dam is going to come, Sepharia is going to come. Then the third one, no warning, it just comes. And the same thing with the next three. Next group of three, again, Arov, uh, Dever, yeah, there was a warning, Shehin, no warning, and so on. This is, Maharal says that. Now, I would like to bring something uh, that uh, I was thinking about, uh, I saw something to it in the Sefer, but I want to e- e- really expound on that. And in order to explain that properly, I like to bring a um, a mashal, an illustration from the Mitzorah. In a few weeks, we're going to be reading Parashat Azriah Mitzorah. Now we know that we don't know how HaKadosh Baruch Hu conducts this world. We don't know his ways. Uh, he, he, his ways are very much unknown to us. But something that Chazal said 
that I would like to bring up now, which can be also applied to this. With the Misra, as you know, Tzarat, we loosely translate it as leprosy, but it's not really leprosy. It's a special kind of, uh, of, of an illness that conveys Tum'ah. But the Torah speaks about three types of Tzarat. The Tzarat that comes into a home, the Tzarat that comes into a garment, and the Tzarat that actually affects the skin itself. Now, what's the idea behind all, why all three? What, what, what's the idea behind this? So Chazal say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want to hit this person severely in one shot. It gives him a chance, perhaps, to recuperate and make Teshuvah. The Salat, because the person says Lashonara, Motsi Shemra, he speaks bad, evil about other people. So, Hashem says to him, oh, you know what? First, you're going to bring some kind of leprosy in a home, in a wall. And you bring the Kohen, and he tells him if it's leprosy or not, what up? If, that, if after that, the person does not make the Shuvah, he still continues in his evil ways, then he hits the garments. Now, that's closer to the body, the garments. And if after this, again, he's not making teshuva, then he hits the skin itself. So Hashem does things in a gradual fashion. Well, maybe we can understand that also in this particular case. We have three groups of three, three, and four. And this is a gradual. Why? Look, Dam that's the first group. This group is a big nuisance, but not necessarily uh, dangerous to life. Well, dumb. A river becomes bloody. The Egyptians have no water. I understand. Having no water for seven days, that's terrible. However, Hachamim said, if an Egyptian, for example, will snatch water from a Jew, it'll become blood too. But if he buys it from him, then he's fine. He drinks it water. So they had water, except, okay, and they had to pay for it. But it was there. Uh, according to Ibn Ezra, only the, the river didn't have the, the water. Uh, and around it, if they would dig, they'll find water. Well, that's the Ibn Ezra. Sephardia, frogs, it's not, it's not something that is hazardous to life. Kinim, lice, well, Lice, okay, it's a new big nuisance, lice, big nuisance. But it's not, again, it's not dangerous to life or even causing a big sickness. That's the first group. Now, the, sec the second group is a little bit more, it's a little more intense. Our we have wild animals coming in. Uh, not necessarily going to kill anyone, shut yourself into your home and... Uh, Perhaps nothing will happen. Dever. Well, Dever is attacking the animals. So, of course, that's going to take a, a lot of part of the food from them, but not disastrous. Shehin boils. Well, it's a little painful to the hands. 
or to the body, but they're not dying from it. So this is like a step up in in danger. Now you get to the third group. That's that's worse now. We're talking about Barad, Arbe Hosheh. That's different. Barad is hail. Hail is, you had boulders, ice, and, 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 and uh, uh, water falling. No one can go out. Anyone that goes out, it's finished. They'll die. And so <laughs> they can't go to a nearby grocery store and buy food. They, they have not. They can't. That is more dangerous. Arbe, locusts, you know what that does? They come in with millions they even covered up the sun. They take everything. No food left. That's a dangerous starvation. Now that's, that's pretty dangerous. And Hoshech. You know what Hoshech is? We're not talking about just plain darkness. The absence of light. We're talking about real Hoshech. Something like almost like it can feel and touch a person can't even get up or sit down you realize what that is how dangerous that is that's the that's the last three groups and finally of course the the one that's topping them all is the makad bechorot where now it's actual death this is why we have these three groups, perhaps, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he deals with people, gives them a little bit of a, of a, a way, perhaps, to redress themselves. A way to try to come back, understand what they have done, perhaps they've done something wrong, and now it's time to make the Shuba before it gets too late. But of course, Paro did not make Teshuvah and he just kept on. So Hashem kept also, he kept on hitting him with the Makot. Now, another thing, why is it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending 10 Makot to the Egyptians? What's the reason behind the 10 Makot? Now you say, okay, you want to punish Paro. Okay, that's true. Paro went out of the way. Uh, the Bnei are supposed to be slaves, not to take the children and throw them to the Nile, or uh, 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 give him like Vaymarirut Hayehem Abudakasha. After all, even a slave should have some kind of a uh, of, of a, a rule, some something, some leniency. Here he went way beyond, and therefore he's going to be punished. Okay, you want to punish him? Fine, let's give him. Barad, not for seven days, a month, two months, one of them. That's it. Obviously, after two months of, of hell like that, nobody could take it. And Parah will come out and say, okay, get out. Hashem chose specifically to do the ten makot. And there's a reason for that. What is the reason of the Makot? We say to punish Paro. But there's another, a secondary reason, and that is to prove to the Bnei Israel themselves the power of HaKadosh Baruch. 
how Kadosh Baruch Hu is so powerful that he can control everything on earth. They have to learn the lesson. How do they learn the lesson? By observing what's happening to the Egyptians. You know, they tell a little story about this uh, rabbi that uh, he, he, his way was if, if a kid is unruly, he will take his stick and hit him. So one of the kids, his mother uh, was very much worried. So it, she took her kid and she took it to the rabbi. She said, you know, my son is very delicate. And, uh, you know, I would like you not to ever hit him with the stick because it's going to hurt him a lot and it's going to be very depressed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to emotionally, it's going to affect him. So the rabbi says to her, well, what if he's unruly? What should I do? They say, you know what? If you see that he's unruly, what you do is like, take him first before anything. Put him next to someone who is unruly. And when he sees how he hit the other one, he'll learn his lesson. And he'll be okay. He'll be quiet. And this is the same thing. When Akadosh Baruch Hu is hitting the Egyptians, and the Bnei Israel see, hey, nothing is happening to them. There's Hoshech over there. There's no Hoshech over here. There's Kinim over there. No Kinim over here. It's, un- it's unbelievable. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he made a Haflaya, complete difference between the two, like a, a huge wall between them. Whatever happens to this one does not happen to that one. That's in itself is a miracle. How do you control Hoshech? Only there, part of Mitzrayim, and not the other part. Arbe comes in, only one part, not the other part. In itself, that's a miracle. So why Hashem brought all ten of them in order to teach the Bnei Israel? Like this is what we say, what does that mean? Lanu nisim unkama lanu for us are the nisim, but the nekama is for paro. But the nisim, sure, it is to get revenge on paro. But at the same time, it is for us, the bnei Israel, to learn. So this is why Akadosh Baruch Hu brought all ten of them to show. The Bnei Israel, it controls everything. Dam, it controls the rivers. And especially the rivers, the Nile, they thought there was a God to them. He controls that. Sephardim, HaKadosh Baruch he controls the creatures in the war. The frogs. Kinim, he controls even small insects. Like lice that aren't from the earth. He, he controls the creatures in the forest, the wild animal. He can do whatever he wants with them. Deba, oh, he can hit domestic animals with pests. Shehin, the boils, that's the human being. He controls the human being, whether he's going to make him sick or not. Barad, he controls the weather. Meshanei Arbe controls the flying birds in space. 
and the winds, as it says, brings the wind whenever he wants to. Hoshech, it controls the luminaries. There's a sun out there. Hashem's, the sun's not, not going to do anything. It stops from shining. How? Akash has his power. That's the power of Hashem. And finally, of course, Makad Bechorov, he shows that he controls life and death. This is the idea behind Oten, to show the Bnei Israel that Hashem has control over everything on earth. And to increase their emuna, to strengthen their emuna in Akadosh Baruch Hu. After all, what's the whole idea behind this is, I mean, the ultimate goal is that the Bnei Israel will come to Mount uh, Sinai and accept the Torah. 613 mitzvot. If they see the 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 the, the, the omnipotence of Akadosh Baruch Hu, the, the, the superpower of Hashem, they will accept readily. And they did. Now say Benishma. Now talking about Emunah I'd like to mention something about that. It's three times Emunah is mentioned regarding the Bnei Israel with regard to the Exodus. Well, the first time when when Akadosh Baruch was told to Moshe Rabbeinu told him, you know, he's going to send him. He'll be the messenger. To deliver them. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, Maybe they won't believe me. So Hashem told him, No. Ma'aminim. Bene ma'aminim. Yes. They will believe you. And when he went, and when he went and he spoke to them, it says, the Pasuk says, Vaya'amen ha'am. Vaishme'u ki pakad Hashem et bene Yes, the people did believe. Okay. And then they accepted the fact that this is time now. Akadosh Baruch Hu is going to re- redeem them. That's the first time. Then, again, by the water, by the sea. After they crossed the sea, and this is the Shiratayam, which we say every single day. It says, Vaya Aminu Vashem, Moshe Avdo. They believed in Akadosh Baruch Hu and also in Moshe Rabbeinu. And again in Matan Torah, a third time, Hashem talking to Moshe Rabbeinu says, Ba'abur ha'am imach. I want the people to hear when I'm talking to you. Ve'gambecha ya'aminu le'olam. This is le'olam, for good. Forever. This is the third time that we mention, the Torah mentions the fact that the Bnei Israel have Emunah in Hashem. Why is it that we have three times? What's the idea behind this? Of course, the Rambam says that, you know, really, the, the, the real strong Emunah is when it said, for good. He says, that one is the strongest. 
when they heard the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu pronouncing the commandments, that's when they really, really believed and for good and forever. The Makot, okay, they sort of realized, they understood it's from Hashem, because who else can do that? But they didn't hear, did not experience the Shekhinah of Hashem. Here, here actually they did. So how do we understand these three ones, these three emunot? You know, there is a Sefer, Sefer Ha'ikarim, by Rabbi Yosef Albo. Rabbi Yosef Albo, sometime in the uh, 15th century, a great, great sage, and also a philosopher, and he says that every Jew must believe in three fundamental principles. And from these three, of course, he can derive all the others. Number one, Metziut of Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here. He's always been here. He created the world, created us, and and he, he, he created the whole universe, all the galaxies, whatever you see, it's all Hashem created that. Hashem exists, He did that. Number two, Hashem is not only up in the heavens with His angels, with the Malachim. No. Hashem controls down here on earth. He controls us. He has control over us. He sees what we do. And therefore, there will be a reward and punishment for that. That's the second principle. Hashem controls here. He sees us He's mashgiach on us. He knows what we do. And everything. Is an eye that sees. And ear that hears. Everything is recorded. And finally, the third principle, very, very important. Torah The Torah was given by HaKadosh Baruch himself. As he to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. This is one of the greatest Ikarim Torah is from Akadush Baruch. Now, when you, we look at these three, then perhaps we can relate these three beliefs to the three beliefs that are mentioned in the Torah, which I just mentioned before. The first one, Vaya Amin Ha'am. When Moshe Rabbeinu told them, yes, Hashem is going to redeem you, they believed. Vayaminu, that Hashem is here. That's the first principle. Yes, they believe in that. The next one, when they crossed the river, the, the, the Nile River, and they saw what happened to the Egyptians and not to them, hey, they say, well, it's not really upstairs, he's here. He's controlling us. He does what the... He rewards and punishes whatever he wants. That's the second principle. And finally, Torah min obviously, that's, he told him, Begambecha ya'aminu le'olam, that has to do with Matan Torah. That's Torah min So all three Ikarim have been satisfied. We can also relate this three Ikarim 
to our own Mu'adim. You know, we have three regalim. Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot. And these also convey the same idea. Pesach shows that Kadosh Baruch Hu is here. He's with us. He redeemed us. Shavuot Matan Torah. Torah Mena Shavayim. That's one of the principles. Sukkot, what's the idea behind Sukkot? After all, okay, Kadosh Baruch Hu redeemed the Bnei Israel. They were free. They went to the desert. What do you do with a couple of million of people there in the desert? Who's going to feed them? Who's going to clothe them? Who's going to give them water? What about the heat? The intense heat that they have? HaKadosh Baruch took care of them. Hesed. Hashem supervises. And He does things for the people. That's, that's the holiday of Sukkot. So all the three Ekarim are satisfied. Pesach is called Hag HaEmuna. Why? Because Pesach this is something that the Bnei Israel witnessed themselves. Like they say, how come it says, I am your God, What's that to do with it? That's what, that is really the first command. I am God. There's nobody, you know what, except me, right? No, why not I created you, I created the world. I created you. Those things they didn't see. They were not there when Hashem created the world. Hashem created the world way before that. But Asher Hosetich, I know that the Kadosh Baruch Hu, who had that great superpower to bring all those Makot and the Egyptians, you saw it yourself, you witnessed it. Asher Hosetich, this is Haga Emuna. That's how it built up the Emuna. And that Emuna stayed all the way down until today. And when you relate the Sipur Yisiat Misraim to your children, try to inculcate and impress in their mind this strong Emuna in Akadosh Baruch Hu. And how he controls everyone, how he sees, supervises everything. And at the same time, that the Kadosh Baruch is the one that gave us the Torah and the 613 Mitzvot. Chag to all of you. And I would like to just mention again that this station is in need of help. And please, if you can help contribute, that it keeps going, please try to do so. If you have any simha, look us up. We have a beautiful hall. I'm sure we can accommodate you. Shabbat Tov, Chag Kasher to all of you.